about that song is that Freddie Mercury admits that he doesn't like Star Wars. What? He just said it right there. Like, I don't like Star Wars. My wife has never seen Star Wars. What? That was almost a deal breaker. What? Never yeah. seen it? Never even seen it. Still. Still. To this day. Nope. I just dropped my pen. I'm so upset. Son of a bitch. Okay, now, easy guy. <laughs> sorry, easy. I get excited. Can't talk that way about it. I know. I'm the sorry. force is not strong with that one. However, it is episode 139 of the Brian Oak Show. I'm Brian Oak. That is Sean Bernard. And we played that song because it is freakishly nice in the Twin Cities for uh, technically still early March. People are coming out of the woodwork. They're jogging. They're walking. You know, as an overweight gentleman, <laughs> you never see, you never see, like, overweight people like me smiling when they run but you see these thin gazelle like people and they just have this big ass smile on their face when they're running they just seem to be really enjoying they get the perfect form and the people that look like me look like they're about to die they're just like please jesus help they, me get around the lake they <laughs> wish that a sniper would take them out <laughs> exactly to save them right. from their menace but, but then there are people who look like a cheetah who yes, are just yes they're, they're, they're the alive flow. they're breathing their hair is just bouncing perfectly they're alive yeah they are perfect headband exactly right Some kind of terry cloth they haven't eaten a carb in six years you know what? I've just decided coming off half a sandwich that I just had for lunch. You know what? I'd rather be I'd rather be one of the hippos than one of the gazelles. You know what? If shit goes down and there's a food shortage, I'll okay. be all right. I'll be okay. You've got reserves to back you up for months. You know so it. We played that song because everyone's out and about right now in the Twin Cities. Our studio, the Smart Start MN studio, is located a mere block and a half north of the parkway that connects all the lakes through South yes. Minneapolis. And I live just off the parkway myself, a few blocks east of here and it is it's zany outside right now even during the weekdays people are out in profusion and good for them enjoy that at least the moon bikes are getting put away at this point right yeah and i think there's a lot of people calling in sick just saying hey i can't even zoom today i've got like a snow mold thing yeah, I, you know, I'm worried that it might be COVID, so I'm just going to take a couple days to lay low. It's safer for everybody. Yeah, as they're out there gallivanting about hunting down gazelles in cheetah-like fashion on the parkways of South Minneapolis. I am Brian Oak. That is Sean Bernard. Thanks for tuning in to episode 139 of The Brian Oak Show. Today we talked to a Minnesota artist who is, she's been on the show before. Love her. Oh, my God. Her energy is so spectacular, and her ability and her talent and some of the things she has lined up for the spring are actually mind-bending. Annie Mack, a previous guest of the show, is going to be joining us just ahead, and she is, she just did a great event a couple of days ago, the Land of 10,000 Lakes stream, and coming up, she's got an event where she will be associated with a, calling Taj Mahal a legend is sort of damning him with faint praise, right? I mean, like, oh, American bluesman Taj Mahal doesn't really even begin to scratch the surface of the almost 60-year career of this incredible visionary who's a bluesman literally like no other. And Annie Mack has the good fortune and privilege of being involved with his upcoming streaming fest, which we'll talk about as well, and lots of other things that she's been up to coming up. But before we do... 
I just wanted to play one song. You know, every once in a while you put things on random on your playlist. Like a lot of times I'll sit down and put on a record or specifically listen to a certain playlist. And every once in a while I'm just like, whatever, and hit, you know. Shuffle. Shuffle on the entire thing. And then you hear a song you haven't heard in 15 years. You're like, oh, damn. Well, this is one of those songs. It's a woman by the name of Lori Carson. The song is called Something's Got Me. Annie Mack next on The Brian Oak Show.
Lori Carson, Something's Got Me. And I don't really know a lot about her. I know that she did some work with Anton Fear when he was working with the Golden Palominos. But again, never a superstar. But man, she's got that solo record. And it is so smooth and so sexy. Not Shaw Day sexy. No. Very easy guy. It was still pretty good. But it wasn't Shaw Day. One more fucking time today. Listen, Chief. (laughs) Nope. That one doesn't work anymore. What about Pal? I had a question for you about that song. And this is important. Who was the first guy to grab the toilet plunger and throw it at the end of his brass instrument? Okay, I don't know that they started with a toilet plunger. I think <laughs> I think that that was something where they're like, I need something to help mute my I, trumpet. What could there? Oh, oh there's and a, they're like, oh, this fits about the right way, but also like you put that thing on your mouth, man. Don't use a toilet plunger. No, I agree. Yeah, no, there are Get a lot of other one. ways to mute. <laughs> mute your chosen brass instrument as it were i'm brian oak that's sean bernard the brian oak show episode 139 annie mac just ahead but first a reminder that this show is made possible by the good people at smart start mn smart start mn minnesota's original ignition interlock company what does that mean i don't know what does that mean it means that if you or somebody you know decides to drink and drive and Mm. decided it's that's a tough word because you might be so obliterated that you don't know what you're doing. If you get behind the wheel or somebody you know gets behind the wheel and drinks and drives, they're going to lose their license whether they are convicted or not. Correct. So Smart Start MN will make your life easier. Just go to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show. It'll give you 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock configuration. It's already enough of an uphill battle if you should go through it, at least from what I've read in magazines, um, you're going to want somebody on your side. You're going to want some cool people you can rely on and people who are actually going to help you save money by doing so. Smart Start MN. Annie Mac has been on this show before, and Annie Mac is, well, I mean, get your head around this. The Star Tribune, right? I mean, they they are a reasonable and respected journalism with a capital J outlet. They have described Annie Mac as Minnesota's heir to the Mavis Staples throne. Ooh. Annie, I mean, freaking rules. Yeah, Annie, I mean, I I don't disagree, but how does that, I mean, as talented as you are and as accomplished as you are, what's it like to have people say things like that about you? It's like, I mean, what's it like to have people, you know, lay down the ground in front of me so that I don't have to touch um, (laughs) or perhaps, you know, dirty, unclean things? It's amazing. It's like, yeah, this is exactly right. No, it's, it scares the shit out of me. When you were saying <laughs> all those positive, nice things, I'm like, you have standards, and I have to, like, like live up to those. And I, I think that's bullshit. Well, so, <laughs> <laughs> I'm insulted. Here's one of the reasons that you're my favorite is because you are unfiltered. You are wildly talented. You're not afraid to call bullshit on bullshit. And you're just you're no matter what attitude or aspect you seem to be presenting, you're still a ray of light. Before we get into all the things you've been up to and the things that you still have to come out in front of you and how life has been. I know it's been hectic, but how are you here a year into the pandemic? How is Annie Mac holding up? How are you? I'm here. The kids are here. The family's here. And I'm grateful. You know, a lot of my friends, a lot of, um, and there are those who are no longer. And that's kind of the way um, I've always been, tend to be, you know, extreme like that. I think about death a lot in life and how we live it. And so I'm just grateful to to be here and have those whom I love around me, you know, so 
um, we're doing all right. I guess that's that's about as real as I can I can be. We're doing all right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've got the EP testify, and I know that there should have been some sort of amazing exultant tour to support that but instead we're all locked down right but you're still finding a way to express yourself you're still finding a way to do music but before we get into that how do you how do you feel about the future not and i'm not asking you to predict exactly how things are going to unfold but how are you feeling as an individual you know with the vaccines coming with the return of spring with you know things at least you know to the to the naked eye trending in the right direction how do you personally feel right now you good I do. I feel very um, positive and I feel like, you know, we've had about a year, right, Mm -hmm. to understand, grieve, make peace, um, you know, kind of do what we need to do. And and we're still going to have to process through things. But I feel good. You know, that shift, I think everybody's been feeling that shift, that transition to new life and um, the the beginnings of spring and the smell and the, the, you know, the sun. I probably sound really hippie right now, but these are things that really help me to, to have hope, you know. Um, and I, I do feel good with the vaccine. And that what I love about what, what transpired is that there was a lot of things I believe needed to happen within the music community and business. And those were exposed um on such a level that you could not ignore it. And I think that's for the best. You know, I think there's some things that are for the best um that needed to transpire. And so uh, just like the quality of, of what's being put out there. Um, you know, if you make recordings, having them be just as strong, you know, as your live show and vice versa. Um, there's a lot, you know, that as an artist to be challenged. And, and even with uh, booking and, and the business, respecting people, it's, it's going to be about listening rooms. And I'm not, you know, it's going to be about how can we safely have people enjoy entertainment, live music safely. So we're not packing 300 people deep and having them drink all night, right? And it's, it's a lot's going to change. Well, you may not be packing a club with 300 people and having them drink all night, but you've still found a way to express yourself and your latest music. Uh, okay. Most recently, as part of the Land of 10,000 Streams Festival, which so many artists got in, on board with and got involved with, when it comes to doing a, a live stream performance is there still some joy there? Is there still is there still some, you know, uh, the, the the positive aspects of expression and getting to do it? Obviously, you don't get that immediate feedback of having all these people swooning and cheering right in your face. But is there still a joy there for you? Um, there's a joy and an awkwardness, to be honest. I didn't jump on the live stream um, train. You know, I didn't jump on that right away. I didn't feel the need to be visible or present. I actually took a break and enjoyed it and focused on going into the studio and creating that way. So I've only done about two or three of them um, and they're awkward and they're, they're still a bit messy and they're still a bit, you know, I'm trying to figure it out because I think that's going to be offered. Like it's going to be both, you know, in person and doing the virtual. And of course I want to make sure the quality is there. And of course I want to make sure um, that I'm doing the best I can, but it was a lot of fun. It was humbling. You know, it was uh there was no crowd for me to, you know, interact with when I realized I didn't have enough for my set. <laughs> you know, just to buy a little time to bullshit with. So it, it really, it, there's a method to it and there's a science. And I want to I wanna make sure that I learn it and do it properly. And um, so I can offer that for people who still want to stay home, you know, who say, hey, I kind of like having my wine and getting my favorite takeout and, uh, 
you know, being able to watch a show, you know, in, in the comfort of my home. So I want to be able to meet those people where they're at as well. Yeah, well, there's a convenience to it and, frankly, a necessity to it, right? I mean, we're not there yet. Yeah. We can't all get back out. So <clears throat> we're trying to find that middle ground. Let's talk about your latest material, your your latest EP, Testify. You know, I've read many different reviews on it. I've heard it all the way through. And I guess for people who are not intimately familiar with the music of Annie Mack, you know, it is blues. It is gospel. It is folk. It is country. It is, you know, all these different elements are in there, which I imagine are an element of you, right? I mean, this it's a reflection of who you are and what you want to say. You're not one thing, and so your music's not one thing. How do you describe, you know, the, the final product of Testify? Um, I try to be authentic and respect what I need to tell the story. So I'm not trying to be everything to everybody, right? I can only do what I can do or what I believe I've been called to do, how to express. Mm -hmm. So testify, it was just really important for me to get to the ground, you know, to get organic, to get um, back to what I believe is my strength, you know, vocally and, and to create. And it's very sparse. It's not, you know, driven with guitars or, you know, driven with uh, lead instruments that, that was done on purpose. Um, but it's, it's just a really, um, I believe, organic, uh, warm, still relatively raw, you know, um, uh, endeavor there. So. Yeah. That's the Nate. Sorry about that. I got a little, little technical difficulty on my end as we try to Zoom with you in Rochester. Uh, I mean, that's the nature of the artist, right? I mean, you want to connect with people, but you can't not be authentic. You have to do the things that are inside you. When it comes to your songwriting and when it comes to your craft, do you know, I, I love talking to people who create because I find that the creative process manifests, well, frankly, in as many different forms as there are creative types you know so for you does it fall out of the sky and land in your head is it something that you have to cobble together like frankenstein over the course of a year how does your music come to you um i think i've you know i've said it before when i'm living life you know when i'm when i'm just being a mom and and um you know running around and when I have moments of, of quiet, you know, it's just really when I, I don't, I've never treated myself to go into a cabin out in the woods and saying, okay, I'm gonna get, you know, however many songs done and do that. I've, I've found a way to create and be inspired, you know, as I'm living and uh, respect that, you know. Um, and then when it hits me, I just kind of, you know, put a lot of energy into it and then it lulls, you know, it takes me a bit. So, um, yeah, I just try to respect uh, my process. Um, I think as my kids get older, they're, you know, that'll be nice to have a little bit more set time to have intention, you know, to be able to create that way. But for now, you know, I do what I can. Well, good luck, because I find that I kept waiting for that moment of clarity and peace amidst <laughs> the chaos. And boy, oh boy, that stuff is rare. And I'm still waiting for it. My daughter's 22 years old. Hey, before we go any further with Annie Mack, let's hear a song off Testify. We're going to go into Walking Around. Will you tell me a little bit about the song before we hear it? I, this is a song that's about self-love. I'm not big on writing love songs for other people. You know, I will someday, but this is just about... Um, appreciating where I'm at in this life and my experiences that I've had. And then, um, you know, musically, I heard a beautiful, like, mariachi style. I wanted to do a, a soul sound, but just throw in a little twist. And I, I heard it in my head, and Matt Patrick, whom I co-produced with, 
was like, yeah, you know, I hear that too. And so we were really excited about the concept of kind of offering like this kind of 60s, 70s, California, text mix. So, you know, just, just kind of capturing that vibe. And so, um, yeah, it's just, it's just about, you know, loving where I'm at and just, that's it. But it's 
Mm, walking around, which is clearly about a lot more than just walking around. Annie Mack right here on the Brian Oak Show. I mean, there's a lot of heavy stuff in there. You know, I follow you pretty closely on social media, Annie, and you shared a post that I feel awkward even bringing up because as a white guy, there are so many aspects of modern American culture and really world culture that I have not been privy to that I feel I feel like I'm a bull in a china shop, right? Like I'm saying stupid things. But you shared a friend of yours Instagram post. Is it pronounced Annika Chambers? Um, Anika Chambers. Anika yeah. Chambers. And something that landed her in jail. And ultimately, it comes down to hashtag protect black women. And it talks about how, you know, unless you are a black woman as you are, there are esoteric aspects of it. And some, frankly, very blatant that will not ever be fully understood, even by other women, even by other people who have had a struggle or have faced things in an uphill manner. Uh, and it just, it was, it's very revealing to me. I live in this world right now where I'm trying to do the always learning thing. I'm trying to listen more than I talk. Well, with the exception of this particular podcast, <laughs> but I, but I am trying to learn. I'm trying to be better with each passing day because we all have a long way to go. Um, you know, and you go on to talk about how the fact that even among, you know, White women, you've had to compromise certain aspects of yourself. And when I listen to the lyrics of the song we just heard, you know, you're talking about staying true to yourself regardless of the cost. You're talking about being yourself and being comfortable in your own skin. And so I wonder, like, if you could, I, and, and I'm not trying to give anything short shrift, but if you could if you could sort of sum up what Anika was saying in that particular post. Um, You know, what my friend was sharing was, please, and, you know, she's African-American as well, and she's just like, please hear us and and believe us and listen to us when we tell you, if you really want to know when we share, this is not up for argument or debate or anything of that nature. It's up, you know, it's really when we share or if you ask is to learn and to have a deeper connection to who are who we are as a whole. I find that in my connections as a Black woman, what I've learned to do over the years is to compromise and to be fragmented. So you get, you know, this part of me, but you don't get this other part of me. And that's completely traumatizing to have to literally lay who you are as a person to rest, you know, to kind of put that dormant in order to survive and to have friendships. I live in a predominantly, you know, white state and city. And so to have a lot of friends, and I didn't even realize I was doing that until I thought about so many times I've been uncomfortable because I've allowed people to get really comfortable with me, right? And and they haven't done the work or even taken the time to get to know African American culture or understand or just know the history of Blacks in America or anything um, outside of whether it's entertainment or what's, you know, comfortable, right? And I've allowed people in and I'm like, wait a minute, you know, um, when's the last time you wanted to go uh, see a certain movie, a, a black movie, or when's the last time you wanted to talk with me about, and I realized that I was only reserving and saving that, you know, and then I'm, and then I call these people friends, but I wasn't able to connect on a really deep level and being able to share, you know, who I am. And not because, um, you know, people reveal to you where they're at. They reveal to you. And a lot of, uh, Gaslighting happens, whether it's intentional, unintentional, whether, I mean, a lot of, oh, that's not true. I mean, America's gotten so so much better, you know, right? It's gotten a lot, and it's like, that's a privileged person speaking. 
for on my behalf. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like kind of like, oh, you're just making a fuss or, oh, it's not that bad, you know? So things like that will wear you down after a while where you just like, or like, I don't even want to talk. I'm not even going to present anything at this point. You've shown me where you're at. You, you've shown me what your capacity is, what you're capable of. So thank you, you know? Um, and that's, that's a tough way to live. I can't imagine. I mean, so that's why I always feel awkward bringing up those kinds of subjects because <clears throat> I'm not good at it. And I, it's going to be a work yeah. in progress as long as I'm alive. But I feel like as long as we keep having conversations, right, as long as we keep trying, then we're heading in the right direction. But I can only imagine how exhausting that is. We talked about your recent stream uh, with the Land of 10,000 streams, but you have an event coming up, which was my initial inspiration for reaching out to you again. Um, because I love having you on the show. I love talking to you. I like your energy. I wish we could have had you in studio today, but we'll do it again next time. Thank but you. a week from this Saturday, uh, March 20th, you are going to be part of something called the Roots Rising Showcase, which is a live stream concert series from the UC Theater, which I believe is out in California, right? Is that Berkeley? Yes. Yep, Berkeley. Yes. It is hosted and run and moderated by none other than Taj Mahal. And as I tried to state at the top of the show, calling Taj Mahal a blues band he damns him with such faint praise. He is someone who, over the course of a more than half century, has brought elements of Caribbean music, African music, so many different styles into what we would think of as American blues. He's a tireless innovator, has been endlessly fascinating since day one. He's just... there. There's not really anybody else like him. And he's curated this incredible live stream concert that's coming up a week from Saturday, again, March 20th. And a lot of the names, I have to admit, I didn't know until I did a little homework. But I did recognize one name, and that name was Annie Mack. How do you come to the attention, and, and, and no disrespect to you intended at all, but damn, Taj Mahal, right? I mean, like, how do you come to the attention of Taj Mahal? Um, you know, I, I think that I just, I, I was really fortunate to, you know, um, my sister passed away, <clears throat> excuse me, in 2019. And I got into a space of everyone that I love or that I have a connect, I'm losing them. And I got a little bit, I don't know, dramatic or, or if I just got weird, I don't know how to explain it. But I thought I knew um, I had a show that got canceled because I didn't want to play it because I was grieving. But I knew Taj Mahal and I know the people who work with him and create like musicians. And I thought I'm not one of those people that takes advantage or, you know, when I call in my favor, it's like, that's it, you know. So I reached out to, to, to all the people I knew and I said, hey, I'm going to go see Taj, I, Sue McLean got mm -hmm. me into the show. She was so beautiful. I shared my story and I said, I'm, I'm grieving and I would just like to feel close to somebody. Um, the music of Mr. Mahal has been in my house since I've been alive and after losing both my mom and my sister. So I just, I just said, I would just love to come to the show. I would just appreciate it if that was a possibility. So she got me in. Wow. But Patricia McLean got me in. Mm. And of course I couldn't stop it there because I said, no. I, I want to be next to greatness <clears throat> before I leave. <laughs> I want to be next to greatness and just feel it, it, familiar, you know, and I just pushed and I just was like, I reached out to my contacts and I knew and I said, Hey, I normally would never do this, but here's where I'm at. And I'm in a, and I'm in a dark and I'm in a heavy space and I just need to feel something. And uh, if, if I could just meet the man for five minutes, for 10 minutes, I'd be so grateful. And, and they made it happen. 
between, um, you know, the people who, who I personally just knew were musicians that work with him, you know, that do work with him closely and then Patricia McLean and, and they made it happen. And so that's kind of where that relationship started a little bit, um, as a management team. And then, um, watching me over the past couple of years, seeing me live, just different things I've been doing. And then, and then being an independent artist, you know, not waiting around, as you know, you always present yourself for those opportunities for established, whether it's a booking agency or, but you got to keep doing your own thing, whether you're going to get that help or support or not. And that's what I continue to do. And, um, and then they reached out and they were like, the management said, we think you'd be a great fit. Um, and I think so as well. You know, once again, it's not about being liked by everybody, but, but about being appreciated for who I authentically am. And, uh, yeah, and so that's kind of how it came to be, and I'm so grateful that in my grief, I decided to just be really pushy. <laughs> well, but, but, you know, you say pushy, but I think you hit the nail on the head when you said authentic, right? Anybody who meets you, anybody who knows you, anybody who listens to your music, has met you, has seen you perform, I always say the thing that that, that impresses me with an artist, or frankly, a politician, or a, whoever is if I believe them, right? If I believe them. And when I listen to Annie Mac play music or when I see you perform live, I believe you. And I think that's what allows people to be like, no, let's, let's hook her up with Taj Mahal. Let's get this going. And then when Taj sees it, he's like, yep, I like her a lot. I believe her. She is going to be part of the Roots Rising Showcase. Now, again, I want to remind people that is coming up on March 20th. You go to boxoffice.mandolin.com slash pages slash Taj Mahal. That's where you can get tickets, but really an incredible lineup and a chance to enjoy live music from Annie Mac in an era where nobody gets to see any goddamn live music and it's very it's very frustrating both for fan and performer I'm sure yeah yeah it really is it's um and you know it's almost like when you when you uh you know you have a breakup and then you've had time by yourself and you're like and you get that chance to be back with the one that got away. That's how I feel. Like, I will never show up late. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I will never, like, I am so sorry. <laughs> I just got a list of, like, I will this. I will pay for the tickets. <laughs> it's a lot of things that hit me that I'm like, Okay, if I get baby, if I get to get, get back with you again, I'm going to treat you real good, you know. <laughs> you got to suffer a little bit, you know, to, yes. to really what you have and to treat it with respect and sacred so that's kind of where I'm at these days I got a whole list of things I'm gonna be doing differently um now that I've started to perform again and have the opportunity and also I don't have to jump and do every damn thing you know everything's not for me it's okay I have a piece about it you know before it the hustle was that it was like say yes 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 do do everything. Do, no, now I get to be more intentional. I like I like seeing my family. I like being at home. You know, um, raising my baby. So it's a lot of things have changed. But some things haven't changed, and one of those things would be that Annie Mac is as good a songwriter, maybe better, than she's ever been, and certainly as powerful a live performer. Again, you can check that out with Taj Mahal a week from Saturday. That's coming up on March 20th. In the meantime, though, there is this EP that you've done, Testify, which I don't know who did the cover, by the way, but you look like you are descending from the heavens on that cover. I'm not sure what's happening there, but that's absolutely incredible. Um, And let's hear another song before we talk more about that. Um, you have the, the EP testify and this song is called shadows of a kingdom. Will you tell us a little bit about it before we get into it? Um, I wrote it for my daughter. 
Um, she's stepping into her sovereignty and kind of going through some shit that that uh, we all have to go through, especially as women, to uh, understand our power. Um, and that that's what it's for. And it's just just uh, for all the young ladies and and um, you know women out there who make miracles happen and and don't get as nearly much attention or you know credit for those things. So.
it's weird. Even during the pandemic, the number of people who sit around and bitch and are like, ah, I wish there was some good music. Damn it, there's an EP out by Annie Mac called Testify. Get it. Listen to it. Annie, where is the best place for people to get their hands on your music? Bandcamp? You got your own website? Where do you want to, where, where would you like yeah. people to go? Um, yes, they can go. I don't know my Bandcamp off the top. I should know. But, you know, Spotify, iTunes, Bandcamp, my website will direct you there. You can um, buy it directly from my website, AnnieMacMusic.com. Um, yeah, it's out there. You can uh, do the Googles. Uh, I've heard and, of that. Yeah, the Googles. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook and the Google. Yeah, well, I just I I try to direct people, you know, in this era of pandemic, we're trying to direct people, whether it be a small business or a musician or whatever, any sort of self-employed, self-promoting, smaller Twin Cities, Minnesota kind of situation where they can make the most money. I know on Bandcamp, often on Fridays, they'll waive their fees. So it's a good chance for the artist to make at least fractionally more money than they might otherwise make. Right, right. Before we continue talking with Annie Mac, we should talk with Sean Bernard. Sean, I understand you're a realtor. I am indeed. So if you know of somebody who's looking to buy or sell, have them call me at 612-859-2594. Doing something new this year where a portion of every home that's bought or sold with me, I'm going to donate money to your favorite local musician. Not yours, Brian Oak, but the my customers, whether they're uh, on the buy side or the sell side. I'm going to donate a portion of the sale to a local musician because it's been a hell of a year for local musicians. So you're telling me that if I say it's time for me to sell my home uh, and we start to come to some sort of agreement, I'm like, plus Annie Mac freaking rules, you would put a portion of your proceeds towards Annie Mac. Yes, I will in your name. So uh, that's just something I'm doing this year because I just think it's so important to do. So call me 612-859-2594. That number is textable. Like the Huxtables. Sadly, Annie, I'm not selling my house. So nothing personal. <laughs> but if I do sell my house, you're going to be on the list for sure. Um, you've got the Testify EP. Again, you've got the Taj Mahal thing coming up. I do want to pick your brain about one thing that's a little more controversial and frankly hits close to home for a lot of us. The Smart Start MN studio here is located at 48th in Chicago, a mere 10 blocks north of the site where George Floyd was murdered. And now, once again, the Twin Cities are being plunged plunged into at least potential drama and tension and, frankly, international attention as the jury selection process has begun for the Derek Chauvin trial, the man who is charged in the, and I forget the exact charges, I'm not really concerned about that, I'm just, I'm concerned that if possible, I mean, I, I want to say that justice would be served, but I don't know that in this scenario, no matter how it shakes out, justice can be served. But I hope that things go the right way. And, you know, should tensions flare, should things get destructive or or awful again for this city that I call home, that I love? And frankly, it was terrifying. Not so much right around here, but over in the other neck of the woods, frankly, a little closer to my house. I don't know that I would be mad at the people who would be frustrated if things go the wrong direction. But here we are at the, sort of the beginning of what is probably not this week going to be too tumultuous. Certainly people are making their presence known. Certainly people are making sure that they're paying attention and that some form of justice is served. How do you feel about the way this is unfolding? Do you feel do you feel like this is good? Do you feel like justice can be served here? Um, I think that, you know, what has transpired when people are forced to be uncomfortable and experience things that they've never had to deal with in their lifetime, know their reality, it's always going to have a a very strong response, right? Mm -hmm. 
being a black person, being an African-American, actually raised right in North Minneapolis, I remember uh, when the police had basically wages of war back in the 80s and 90s uh, on black youth. And it didn't matter. It didn't matter if, if you were a basketball star. It didn't matter if you were a talented scientist. It didn't matter if you were a gangster, you know, gang, or if you were a drug dealer. It didn't matter. They just kind of were like, if you happen to be in the vicinity and the rock, you know, you were, you were, and it, you were done for it. You know, you hurt, you were beat, you were killed. And at that time, we didn't have technology to actually catch you know, these things taking place. All we had were the word of the people, the community, the black people, which obviously was not believed. And then it was against the police. So the police have been untouched for a very, very long time. And it's chickens coming home to roost. And in order to get things to where it needs to be, you have to break down the system. So if that means in order to establish this change and to, to start um, practicing consistent justice and not not, you know, uh, justice to appease or, ju I mean, real justice. Mm -hmm. and to, this is where it starts. You know, this is the new beginning in the rubble. You know, you got to tear the old down. You got to burn it down to start the new, the new. So that's kind of where I stand on that. You know, as a person who has lived my reality, there's a lot of fear, a lot of uh, tension in my stomach. My mother didn't sleep, you know, through our teenage years. Uh, because she didn't know we would make it home. And that was before having cell phones. That was before texting and all that. So she would stay up and she would pray. And she knew that in the summer, a lot of stuff would go down. And she knew that the police were not necessarily the help that they're supposed to be. You know, it's, it's very devastating to not be able to fully appreciate and use and be in partnership with something that's supposed to protect you as an American uh, as a community, you know, as a person in the community, but that you actually have to fear, you know, for your life and your safety with something that, with, that's supposed to protect you. So that's my reality. Um, yeah, it's uncomfortable. It's scary. It's it's like, but this is the reality that, you know, my, my ancestors, my elders, you know, you go down south, it was very common, you know, to have a lynching happen, miles. It was common to be visited by the KKK. It was common, and who are the police, you know, turned out to be the police as well, and the higher-up officials. So this is a really big thing that is being addressed and, and kind of knocked down. Um, so it's, it's a, a lot of history, a lot of systemic, obvious, you know, racism, a lot of um, heavy, heavy shit. And so it's going to get messy, you know, but that's where the change and, and the justice comes in. So, you know, it's interesting when it came to uh, the case of George Floyd, you know, obviously mm -hmm. not the first time something like this has happened. In fact, dozens, hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of times. But for whatever reason, this one became the flashpoint and suddenly yeah. Minnesota found itself, you know, under the, the microscope in the reticle of international unrest. And so on the one hand, it's it's unbelievably tragic. But on the other hand, you finally feel like maybe Maybe even if it's incremental, maybe there will be change. Maybe this one means something as awful and often as this has transpired. And so now here we are almost a year removed from that incident, uh, you know, and 38th in Chicago still remains this incredible, wonderful place. If people have not visited it, I know it probably will not exist forever. 
it, it remains this place of reflection. It remains this place of celebration. It was never torched. It was, you know, it, it remained it, it remained sort of ground zero, this hallowed ground. But here we are a year later, and I just wonder, has enough time passed and people with, you know, blame it on whatever you like, COVID fatigue, the shortness of our attention span, the news cycle, election fatigue, whatever the case may be, do you worry at all that some of the intensity and some of that potential wave of change that we felt almost a year ago, do you worry that some of that is going to be lost? Do you worry that much of what we might have gained will be swept under the rug during the course of this trial? Or do you feel that the attention is still there and the importance is still paramount? Absolutely. I believe that when you experience life-changing things, I think that for a lot of people, um, for a lot their lives were changed for a lot of, you know, white people, people all over the world, but their lives were changed when they watched a man be murdered um, for no good damn reason. Saw it with their very own eyes. Now, I didn't watch it. I didn't even, I didn't need to. Um, I've already dealt with enough trauma. I know the, the reality. Um, I'm, I'm very familiar with that. But people looked, and, and the ones who wanted to justify and say, well, there had to have been some reason. He had to have done it. It's something I'd no. No, there's not not enough. I've seen more go down, you know, in a small bar, you know, in a small, you know, one-stop light bar. I've seen people raise more hell and be belligerent and be more than what transpires. There was nothing to justify that murder. And and when you when you experience truth like that, unless you're just a diabolical narcissistic malignant narcissist and deny that existence or you're just, you know, so heavily um, delusional and, 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 you know, which is a lot out there. There was no way you could watch that and, 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 and not be changed and not be challenged and, and not be made sick to your stomach. Um, so that's, that's kind of what it takes, you know, going into the, the depths and, and, and being willing to examine and to be uncomfortable and to be, uh, to allow your spirit to be, I don't know if assault is the right word, but it's, it's intense. But that's where we start to change and see each other as humans and, and, and have empathy and compassion. And you have to break down the hardness. You have to say, that man did nothing. I mean, he didn't do a damn thing. Nothing. Is this really how it is for people? Do people really live like this? You know, are young Black girls really manhandled by men that outweigh them by 100 pounds? because they're upset and, and we don't have people who have been trained properly, first of all, see black people as humans. You know, we're throwing young baby girls on the ground. Is this how we, is this, is this what this means? Because, because we're hard, because, because we see people as being subhuman, you know, black. So there's a lot, there's a, there's a lot in changing the mentality of people, people who are pride themselves on being, I, I'm not racist or I'm not this, I'm not, it's deep. You don't even know until you're presented with things. And it's like, oh, huh, you know? Yeah, I, I guess. So it's, it's, it's just, uh, it's time. It's here. I'm excited. I have hope. You know, um, I want people to be encouraged. I want people to, to know there's a love there. It's a tough love, though. See, this is, we're on a different level now, you know? This is a love that that's challenging you to really step up. And if you say that you want to learn and change and you want to be, then you're willing to put in the work and you're willing to allow yourself to feel and to be refined and to remove that other shit 
and let and let the good stuff come in so that you can be of support and that you can be um, connected, you know? So that's that's what I hold on to. And, and um, you know, when it all went down, when everything happened, and I reached out May 26th, I believe, is when Mr. Floyd was murdered. And I reached out because, you know, we started pre-production in February, right? And then, and then life stopped, you know, um, life stopped in March. And I left it. I said, okay, I'm done. I'm done. You know, I was tired from that, from COVID. And then when he was murdered, Mr. Floyd was murdered, about two days later, I said, okay. I reached out in May to my producer. I said, I think now's the time. What can we do? I'm, I'm, I got some, I, I, if I don't do nothing else, I have to show that I'm still here and I want to create something beautiful and strong and black. And, and I'm not going to let this murder and this violence silenced me. I'm uh-uh. And that was that was my humble attempt to push through the horrific message that was sent that day. And um, that's that, you know. And then we went into a studio later part of June, and um, and that's what we did. Annie Mac, I hope it is my sincere hope that we never have stop having this conversation. I hope I hope we stop having it. I hope we stop having such horrific reasons to continue to have this conversation. But this conversation is crucial at all times for people like me more than just about anybody, right? Because the more you feel above the intrinsic, systemic, constant racism or classism, pick whatever you like. It only means that you need to spend that much more time looking at it. So I really genuinely appreciate your time and your insight. And thank you very much for continuing yeah. to have this conversation because it's crucial, right? Like you, yeah. you nailed it on the head. We all have to realize one day that we're all the same thing. Now, we've grown to a spot where we're not the same thing, but at our essence, right? You want to break it down to the genetic level. We're human beings, right? And we have to we have to get there. And it's a long, long ways off, but we continue to move it forward, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And I want to say thank you to, to, to caring, to genuinely, you know, not about for show or not about it. it is, it's uh, righteous, and I appreciate that. And there's love there. You know, there's there's understanding, there's patience, right? Um, there's sincerity on both sides. You know, when when we we're breaking spiritual bread when mm-hmm. we have conversations, we're acknowledging a connection and saying, "I see you, I hear you. Let us talk and let me understand and learn, <clears throat> so that I can have genuine, you know, empathy and compassion. And how can I help? And how can I? And this is where it starts. So I appreciate having the conversation and breaking spiritual bread and having that relationship that means something. This is how it starts. So I appreciate you and and Sean for having me here today. I'm incredibly grateful uh, that you are uh, warriors for independent artists and you understand the importance of of continuing to do this even when it's just a labor of love. Um, I'm so grateful that we have more opportunities to, to show love and to honor each other. And so, um, yeah, thank you so much for having me here today. And I just wish you both the best. Thank you. We love you, Annie Mac. You're just, you're an unstoppable force, an unstoppable force. 
And so keep making music. We we might be warriors. We're fairly clumsy warriors, <laughs> sort of slightly overweight middle aged warriors. But but we are we are doing what little part we can in the effort to help move things forward in many different arenas. Annie Mac is the best. One week from Saturday, she is going to be part of this incredible stream that is going to be happening uh, with Taj Mahal. And you can go to Annie Mac's Facebook, her AnnieMacMusic dot com. Get all the details there. Get your hands on the Testify EP before we go. I do have to thank Smart Start MN for being the primary sponsor and making this little engine go. Thanks to Sean. Appreciate you very much. Thank you. Uh, thanks to AudioQuip, who have provided all the equipment here as we start to get back outside and people start to do gigs again and TED Talks and whatever the, whatever it is you might need audio equipment for. AudioQuip are cool people. Sean and I made an agreement a long time ago. We're not going to have any jackasses on the show, and we're certainly not going to be working with assholes. So <laughs> I, you could you could understand that if we endorse someone or want them on the show, at least Sean and I, from our limited perspective, we do think that they're good people, enjoy their company, and I don't think anyone could deny that about Annie Mac. So Annie Mac, good luck with your live stream that's coming up. Uh, I want everyone to get their hands on the Testify EP, and to that end, we're going to hear one more song off of it here. And so before I wish you a happy spring and a great 2021 and a better tomorrow for all of us tell tell me about this song oh this is just a song you know just a fun good for spring good on a day like today just encouraging people you know to go live your dreams get out there you got a calling you know you got something that's greater than uh what you can see and a step into it you know just just be encouraged get out there and you know, get on the train, old school. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. Annie Mac being yes, positive. Yes. Unbelievable. Annie Mac, so you're much. wonderful. <laughs> Love you. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you both so much. All Thank right. You. Annie Mac on The Brian Oak Show.
Get on. 